and haven't sacked me yet. And and like I said, you know, the Wizards, they're just another bad case of too little, too late. And uh feels still feels weird to see Westbrook in a Wizards uniform, but welcome to your Heart in the Paint podcast. That f- that hot off the presses opener. It's been a while. Uh, it's this beautiful January 16th of our Lord and Savior 2021. We all survived COVID so far. Uh, no one's died yet, not even in the NBA. Rip cat, though. Uh, but besides that, we've got a hard on for some hard in the paint and some hard in trades. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. But before we get to that, special shout out to our sponsor for this episode. And that is Ian J. Now you might know Ian J for their uh, bottom shelf liqueur and other fine alcoholic beverages, but did you know that they have a Grand Blue style uh, VSOP rare blend liqueur? And I have to say, it's uh, of the highest quality grapes and made in great oak and bourbon barrels. And I just absolutely enjoy this stuff. You know, if you're uh, you know, just casually sipping and uh, trying to trying to just lighten up after a, a long hard in the paint week with your hard in and some hard end friends. Very very nice job. So head on over to your local liquor store and pick up some E and J today. Uh, and let's just hop right into it. So big big news, right? So we got yeah the Brooklyn Nets now. Strangely, in the uh, repeat of a couple of years back, maybe. Some people like to compare it to that. I don't think it's a very good comparison. But we got Kevin Durant reunited with James Harden. And then Kyrie Irving is now the Alfred of the Batman and Robin. So, Michael, let's just, let's just hit us off here. What, what's going on here, really? I don't think Kevin Durant ever wants us to like him again. Also, did he, like, fuck up by not choosing the Knicks? Ooh. Is having Harden and Kyrie, question mark on Kyrie, in Brooklyn better than just having the same situation like at the Knicks, where at least you'd have an RJ, like you'd have a bench. That's true. Their bench is pretty gutted right now. I mean, are they even the favorites in the East? All these questions and more. I mean, you got to look at a group like (laughs) Indiana that arguably got better. You know, they traded away an all-star but yet a uh, all-star that can't stay healthy for a another all-star basically and the one that's more on the up and coming yeah who do you think won the trade so we have uh the the Cavs, houston brooklyn and the pacers all involved in this four-team trade so let's just let's just hit us up with the baseline here so brooklyn got james harden uh indiana got karis levert and then houston got uh, Shit ton of picks in Oladipo. Yeah, a lot of picks in Oladipo. Ironically, Oladipo getting traded for Harden. Uh, and then we got the Cavs with Jared Jeff. Allen. So yeah. uh, I honestly think it's Indiana that won the trade. Because uh, I think, I think you know, excuse me, the, uh, the Pacers were in this weird mediocre you know, eighth seed, seventh seed, sixth seed spot. And they need to kind of pivot one way or another, you know. How long are they going to have Miles Turner and Sabonis and Oladipo be their top three and then just kind of surround them with the Malcolm Brogdon, who's been really solid over there, uh, but the Malcolm Brogdons and the TJ Warrens and, you know, just kind of these really solid role-playing team, uh, they really need to, I think, it's good that they offloaded Oladipo for somebody younger, healthier. I think it might be a sign of the future where they might try and flip Turner. It seems like they're probably going to ride Sabonis until he dies, uh, just because he's a white dude in Indiana. Uh, I, honestly, I don't know if they're actually better, air quote, but I do think they're in a better position building towards the future. I think they're Denver East. So you got the the center, you know, you're a boy. And then you got a bunch of just a motley crew of, of small forwards and guards. Mm, that's a really good way to put it. It's like, Levert's like, 
exactly what you would want on that team, right? Like a big problem that uh, they've had since like Paul George left was like filling in the small forward slot. They threw in TJ Warren, obviously, like last year, but TJ Warren is is not a two way, not a two way small forward. By neither is Karis LeVert, but at least Karis LeVert gives you more uh, size. Because now you got to go through Kevin Durant. True, and, and at least Karis LeVert is a guy that can kind of. I don't want to say take over games, but you know, have the ball in his hand when the game's running he out. Get his own shot. Yeah, yeah. So that's a really good upside for them. Uh, I know Oladipo's been, you know, he had his return in that kind of shortened season last year, and he never really looked quite up to snuff. So maybe they know something we don't about that too. I don't know. I think it's just uh, not quite as bad as what happened with Hayward and Boston, but it's kind of like a. We try this for three years, and we just can't get this guy to make it to, like, 70 games. And he's never there in the first round. Yeah, and always a nagging injury, it seems like. And that's not... I mean, it's great if you're playing, and when you are on the field, it's good. But even that, it's not always been like that. It's You'll just, you'll just kind of disappear random nights. So I think getting someone a little more stable, a little bit healthier, for basically one for one, seems really good to me. Now, I think Houston, on the other hand, you know, they've got the Kentucky crew basically running the show with Christian Wood, who's like, I don't know if Christian Wood's the most improved player, but. I mean, he's 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 in the mix with Nick Batum, <laughs> who I did not realize was still in the league. But like a lot of it, I think it's just the fact that who else is going to take shots down there in Houston? Yeah, <laughs> but why? I feel like they sh- still should have gotten more for Harden. I mean, I know that they basically ended up with like four picks, Oladipo, and then a bunch of like pick swaps. But it still seems like they they sold Harden like for less than it's worth, or traded Harden for less than he's worth. Definitely, and I mean the kind of disrespect Harden had on his basically last game and exit interviews with the press was pretty was pretty great uh, <laughs> plus Oladipo's like his contract expires in the summer so he's basically probably just gonna walk go somewhere else so basically like it's like a it's like a salary dump in Houston yeah um so I guess they're crashing out and trying to get like a top top six pick let me, let me, I have no idea if college is like good I mean are there even games played let me throw you this way do you think Houston uh is like an eighth seed in the West, or you think they're out of the playoffs? I legit thought they were going to be seventh with Harden, and then uh, no Harden. I don't think they're even going to crack anywhere near. I think they're going to basically kind of do what the kind of what the Spurs kind of did last year, where the Spurs just sort of threw it away after it wasn't going to work. Right, the Spurs basically played the first two months of the year, and then they realized that ah, it's not really going to work, and they kind of just like threw away the year. Mm, I think the Houston young guys, now yeah. is basically like they're like, all right, well, we tried Harden for the first three weeks, three and a half weeks of the year, isn't working. Trade him. All right, let's just let's just go full on tank. But the problem is, I think the T Wolves are really good at tanking in the West, <laughs> and the West is like pretty competitive, so they'll be able to drop quite a few games just because you're gonna have like. The Grizzlies are going to try to make the playoffs. The Kings are going to try to make the playoffs. Like the Pelicans, right? You're going to have all these teams that are on the edge of making the top eight who are going to be competitive. So they're just going to all trounce Houston. So Houston will actually probably get a better pick just by being in the West. Yeah, it's definitely a good point. I think when, when you think about really the bottom barrel of the West, you know, it seems like the Warriors aren't total trash anymore. So you kind of have to mark them out. <laughs> It's really up to, uh, you know, you would say the the Kings and the New Orleans, but really, at, you know, those are both eight, you know, potential eight seeds, you know. So, yeah, you're right. It it's really is. It's like 14 deep. It's, it's, I mean, outside of Houston, it's, and I mean, I guess in theory, the T-Wolves are actually trying to make the playoffs since they have two number one picks and, uh, and D'Angelo Russell on that team as the core of that team. Yeah. <laughs> but basically, it's 13 deep in the West. Which is good news if you're Houston, because you just get a bunch of picks. Um, but, dude, I feel so bad for Jarrett Allen. 
That dude does not need to be in Cleveland. He needs to be like on a legit playoff team. I almost so in Boston, dude. I would love to see him in Boston. One more thing about Houston, I would say is, it seems to me like. I mean, if you remember, like those kind of thug Wizards teams, Houston kind of reminds me of those teams from from <laughs> you know like the last years of Gilbert Arenas. I mean, you got John Wall, you got Boogie, you got PJ Tucker. I mean, you got some fucking bad dudes on that team, man. Yeah, but the problem is like they don't mix together in basketball, right? It's like having both Morris twins and Patrick Beverly on your team. It's like. All right, that's gonna work out for like maybe one playoff game where they just don't take shit and they they keep you in the game, but like you definitely don't want that for four rounds of the playoffs. Right. I just think they're gonna have to start dumping. Although I don't know where else they go with it because who would want to take the John Wall contract or Boogie? PJ Tucker, I feel like you know, kind of he could be traded. I feel like teams would want him for the. The defensive playoffs and scheming, like he's basically a better version of Paul Millsap at this point. That's uh, yeah, that's a pretty good way to put it. I, I'm not sure exactly who. I mean, that might be a different time for a different episode, but like you said, Houston probably just going to ride it out. You know, Oladipo will go somewhere else next year, and I don't know. He could go to like an Orlando or something that make a lot of sense to me. Well, you already did that, right? <laughs> Well, with uh, Markel Fultz tearing his ACL, I mean, it seems like a really good fit. Man. Do you think the Harden trade basically cost Kevin Durant an MVP run? There's no way he wins MVP now, right? Like, no. This is a very wide-open MVP race at the beginning of the year. I really kind of thought Luka would be better, but he, he just seems fat. Um, LeBron's actually, like, trying, like, way more than I think he should. Uh, you could make a case for, like, Giannis still. <laughs> I would say my MVP-wise, I'm I'm kind of edging on the side of LeBron right now, but there's a lot of time left, man. Like, Dude, you could tell me Jokic would win it, and I would believe you. Like, You could tell me Chris Paul would win it, Lillard. Like, it, It's so ridiculously... I mean, Jokic is averaging a triple-double, right? I know. That's why it's like, you could tell me, like, I don't know, eight different guys could win MVP this year, and I would totally buy it. But now I think Kevin Durant... Like, Kevin Durant was kind of like the sneaky one, where it was like... All right, maybe he could actually like do it if Brooklyn's like good. But uh, even if they're good, he's just not going to win it. Just on the sheer fact that he's got a Harden right there. So why don't we why don't we swing over to Cleveland just for one minute? So we already mentioned okay, they got Jared Allen, Jared Allen playing behind going? Andre Drummond, Kevin Love, Javale McGee. <laughs> I mean, this is like that old Pistons team that had like eighteen centers, and I don't get it. Uh... I mean, they have to flip. Drummond, Allen, Kevin Love, like two out of the three are going to be flipped, right? Like, I don't understand why nobody's picking up Kevin Love. I get that it's a lot of money, but like, Jesus, like if you're Orlando, like what are you doing? I mean, the Celtics snagged up Tristan Thompson. So, I mean, people like need those centers. Like, yeah, like Boston has been basically short for what since since Kendrick Perkins I mean Horford I mean, right Horford, I mean yeah but Al Horford's really more like a like a stretch five right whereas Tristan Thompson is definitely not a stretch five he's like a legit center he's just <laughs> like, an undersized Jared center Allen's a legit yeah. center I don't know I think Kevin Love would be great on like New Orleans or something I don't know what team is that team is just a mess of JJ, like it's got JJ Redick on one side, and then it, it's got Zion and Brandon Ingram and Steven Adams. It's like, what the fuck are they doing? I don't understand why they're wasting Zion like this. I don't understand why they grabbed up Steven Adams. Like, certainly a contender must have given him an offer, right? I mean, even if it's not even like a contender, even if it's like, uh, I don't know, just like Atlanta. Or like Atlanta's like, all right, we're moving on from the Capella, John Collins, like like stuff. We're just gonna give like Trey Young like a just like a, a boring vanilla center who will who will rim run and like guard his ass on the other side because Trey Young is obviously like horribly like bad at defense. But I mean Zion's basically a, a walking twenty ten. Yep. And the team should be like built for him. 
but it's 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 awful, dude. It's I don't know what they're doing. It's kind of hard to watch almost because you kind of want to watch yes. it for the hype of like, oh, Brandon Ingram's pretty good and like Lonzo and Zion are pretty like entertaining in theory. But you watch like the sets they run and really the defense too is kind of bad as well. And it just kind There's of no cohesion you, on offense. It really makes you scratch your head. Yeah, just absolutely no cohesion. It's kind of like that year that it was uh, Detroit. I think it was like Reggie Jackson was like running point. And it was just like, what the fuck is this going on? It's like, it's just like Reggie Jackson, like Luke Kennard, and like, uh, I think it was like a Pumley in there, and it was just in Drummond, and it was just a mess. It was like, why is Reggie Jackson just jacking up threes with like 21 seconds left in the shot clock? And and I, I get they're still developing and all, but you know when you look at a team comparatively, you know, look at, I would say their closest counterpart being the Suns. Where you know you got Chris Paul, you got Devin Booker, Aiton, a couple other guys. It feels really obvious what their game plan is, and it works. And they run like sets for that. You know, dude, they've looked so good. Like I, I was not a believer in in the Phoenix Suns going into the season. I really thought like best case they're gonna be like a seven or an eight seed. They could legit be in the like like a three, a four. Like Chris yeah. Paul has really made that offense easy for Aiden. It really has. It's like, it, it's, I don't know if it's the coaching cause they did do a coaching change. You know, Chris Paul obviously is a big voice in there. I, I, I seen some like kind of sort of the behind the scenes stuff and it looks really good, but uh, you know, these guys have negative playoff experience <laughs> to put it lightly. You know, it's like Chris yeah, Paul I mean, and nobody else. Yeah. Defensively they're not going to be great. I mean, their best defensive player is probably Mikhail Bridges, which is like great when you're playing, I guess, the Clippers. Because Mikhail can kind of match up against PG or Kawhi. I, kind of interesting. I mean, I feel like they, like, if, if it ended up being like the Suns get like a six and it's like the Blazers at a three, it feels like Phoenix could, eat, could win that series. Absolutely. Like, it, I just don't know if they can knock off either of the LA teams. Is playoff Booker like a thing? Like I, that's what we really have to find out, right? It's like when the pressure's on these Aitons and the Bookers, it's like, well, would Booker be taking the last shot or would Chris Paul? See, I don't know. Like I would think he would be Booker, right? Like he's kind of the ride or die guy, but you got to give Chris Paul the respect, you know? <laughs> I mean, like. Last year in in the bubble, right when uh, OKC was playing Houston, like the last six minutes, like Chris Paul's taking every shot in that game seven. That's true, but he also didn't really have like youthful shot yeah, makers. Yeah, bro. Like, come on, you telling me Booker is that much better than Ludor? I mean, come on. You got to be better than Gallinari, right? Jesus, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on now. I, I, I'm excited because I never really cared to watch the Suns. You know, I haven't really watched too many of their games, just time zone wise, but they are some team like it feels like they're a playoff team for sure. Not a title contender, but definitely like we second round maybe. Yeah, and they can like push whoever like they're playing against to like a long series. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think I think the last time I honestly watched like a Suns game might have been like in the quad when TJ first played Golden State. Or like when Devin Booker scored 80 or whatever that one time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, mostly just because like the Devin Booker offense is not great. But I mean, by taking the ball basically away from him and giving it to Chris Paul, it just, it, oh my God, it's like a revolution, dude. Yeah, for sure. And it makes me question uh, the jazz, really. So sort of the big jazz news has been Rudy Gobert getting this absolutely fucking massive contract. Yeah, dude. Which... <laughs> It's amazing how pretty they much everyone agrees Allen. it's too much money. Like they could have <laughs> just waited and gotten Jared Allen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like cheaper, younger, not as much of a diva. Oh my god! Like I, I legit thought the Jazz could be like a Western Conference finalist until they signed Rudy Gobert, and I was like, oh fuck, dude, they're not doing it now. That's really bad. Yeah, like. I thoroughly have a have a big suspicion that 
like two years from now, we're going to be like, this is the worst contract in NBA history. Like, this is Nick Batum bad, <laughs> in my opinion. It kind of feels like that, uh, was it Capella, right? That one year where... Um... He got like 70 or something. Something ridiculous, right? Because obviously, like playing with Harden, like you just have, like you're like a fantastic like fantasy player, right? And then he just cannot show up, and, like he doesn't work in the playoffs. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my god! Like yeah. imagine I mean, signing somebody. So doing all right. It's just it's weird. Like like I don't even think a player that can't get his own shot is worth that much money. Like he can't shoot free throws. Doesn't stretch the floor. Literally, the only points he gets is lobs and like putbacks. And I mean, I guess if you count block, blocks as like a way of negative points, scoring, right? Yeah. Yeah, sure, but but, but it's still not worth like yeah. Like in a playoff game, what's he gonna do besides screen and roll and rebound? It's like the it's like the Clippers DeAndre Jordan. It's like he doesn't, and he's gonna get thrown into the switch all the time. Absolutely, and he's not even that good of a switch defender. I, I get it's a small market problem, and maybe you can even say the case, well, we should pay him more because we don't actually have to run sets for him. And it's like, okay, maybe that's true. <laughs> like, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt there, but 200-something, like, no, no, dude. Like, that guy should not be making, like, ugh. No, that's that's stifling bad. Well, it's especially because this is. I think after this year, right? Donovan Mitchell could sign like an extension. Yeah, I think like he's at the end of like his rookie deal, right? So like obviously he's gonna get paid. Like, that's two supermax. Insane, exactly. Like they've tied up all this salary, and like these two guys, obviously Mitchell's like worth it. Conley though, they'll. I think this is the last year of the Conley contract. Yeah. So at least that frees up some money there. Bogdan's a decently sized contract as well. Yeah, but I don't think he's I don't think he's gonna stay, man. Like I think I think he's gonna look at it and be like, dude, somebody's gonna rearrange this a little bit. I mean, can we just get both of them like on the same team? Like instead of like them instead of one being like on Utah and one being in Atlanta. <laughs> just put them on the same team, that'd be sick. Yeah, I would that would be sick. I I would watch like that. Mar- be like the Martin twins, bro, and the Hornets. <laughs> Yeah, so that that really uh, that's my jazz watch problem uh, personally is whew, that's that's a tough look because I don't think this year they get like okay they had that really sick Denver series last year and it turns out Denver was a really good team in the bubble but man did they it was like kind of just Donovan Mitchell show and that proved he was worth it but. Yikes, dog. Like, this team needs another star player, just like they did when Gordon Hayward was there. Eh. I mean, I understand that they have to have size, because obviously they're going to, if you're going to play in the West, you're going to play Jokic at some point, and you're going to play Anthony Davis, right? So those are arguably the two best teams in the West. Um, and so it's like you have to have size. Otherwise, you just get beaten to a pulp. But it's like even against the Clippers, who are like a smaller team, like I, you're not gonna beat them anyway, based on that, because they'll just throw a Paul George or Kawhi on a Donovan Mitchell, and that's a lot of length. That's way and too much size, like, yeah. And then it's like, what do you do with Gobert? Because Mitchell does a lot of driving to the hoop, but I don't know if he's stuffed out like by the three point line by the two wings. On top of that, like, your bench is, I'll say they have a solid bench, but it's really more because their starting unit isn't that special. And you're talking the Ingles, the Clarkson. uh, Those are two solid guys you think you could see on another team, but I think in actuality, it's a big numbers, small market phenomenon, which is a problem. Yeah, I mean their bench is like solid. It's 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 almost like if they have a lead, their bench is like is all right. But if they're down by ten, I don't know if their bench can cut it down to like two or three or four or whatever. Reminds me of those old Derrick Rose Chicago teams where if they were down by like more than ten, it was just kind of over because they were yeah. they were all defense. So. Uh... 
So I probably will not going to be a jazz fan for too much longer, but that's okay. Uh, you know, we we had our fun. Uh, Sorry, the Jazz are arguably one of the worst franchises in the league, right? I mean, they're racist, but on top of that, they're pretty bad. Romney, too. Westbrook, they caused COVID. They spit on Michael Jordan's pizza. Pretty rough year for the Jazz, though, looking back on 2020. Bro, yes, starting COVID. Like... <laughs> the COVID, the MJ doc. <laughs> The Rudy Gobert contract. I mean, pretty rough year for the Jazz, in all honesty. Oh, man. That'd be, that'd be insane, though, if they actually did anything this year. The Jazz, I don't know. I just feel like they're going to be bounced. The, thing, the thing is, is like they still seem like they could do what they did to OKC a couple years back. Like They, they still feel like they could upset someone in the first round, but not much past that. Yeah, but don't you think, like, looking back, it's like, oh, man, no wonder. Like... They they actually probably should have been that OKC team, considering how like weak the Westbrook led teams are. And Paul George and then, and then Paul yeah, and like Paul George like I don't know, has like the mental like tenacity of like a three year old. God. <laughs> he does, dude. He cracks under pressure so easily. Like it's ridiculous. It's funny how people like I get the Clippers team got worse, but damn, has that whole like floundering in the playoffs last year really stuck well it's weird just because it happened against Willard happened against Donovan Mitchell I mean and then obviously last year and it's like you know I mean obviously Kawhi could probably single-handedly get them to the Western Conference final (laughs) I have like zero doubt that like Kawhi can't you know just will himself and like the Clippers straight to like the Western Conference final but to win the whole thing, they're gonna need Paul George to like show up this year and play like like you know like an All NBA like a top fifteen type of guy and he has not shown that in the playoffs three years in a row now, which is insane. It's like he's in his prime, like he's right around thirty, so it's not like he's got that many years, you know. At some point with him, like I think Bill Simmons said this, you know. You keep bouncing around these teams and it's not working out, you know, whether you're Harden or Paul George. At some point, you kind of have to say it's you, right? Like, <laughs> well, at least with Harden, it's like I understand a little bit, right? Like, I mean, that dude was playing at like an MVP. Like, he was in the MVP conversation for like five straight years. <laughs> and also, I mean, the team... It's like if you take away Hart, if you take away, if you find a way of like slowing down Harden in the playoffs, where else are like the points going to come from on that team, apart from like that Chris Paul year? So it's like I understand. It's like whereas like with Paul George, it's you can do other things. Like you can you can be bad offensively, and Kawhi can handle it. But you can't. But like he was also bad defensively. True. Whereas like Harden is like all offense right so it's like i get it like if harden's only putting up like 18 points in a playoff game it's like all right but it's not like anybody else on the team can step up and do anything either for houston it's like not it's not like anybody else it's not like eric gordon's gonna like score 35 in a game seven very true and i think that's where we pivot back to the nets because honestly they are the biggest talk of the town rightfully so i you know i like what i've seen honestly those first handful of games i watched i really like that team and i think katie looked amazing yeah katie looked great i think the bench unit looked solid honestly i thought joe harris looked like he needed to be switched for somebody else just like he looked like he was outside of his own league in a sense like wrong defensive rotations wrong offensive spots to be in and the spencer dinwiddie thing that's something that i'm sure played into the hardened trade uh, realizing they lost, like, did you see the tweet that uh, the the Nets uh, were like thanking like Harris LeVert and Jared Allen for like their service, and like they threw in Dinwiddie's name. Really, <laughs> Dinwiddie, yeah, Dinwiddie replied. He was like, "Dude, I'm solo team, bro." <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I think that team. I really liked it better without Harden on it, and I think now you know everyone's got this problem of. Well, down the stretch, you know, tie game, four minutes left in the fourth. Like, who the fuck do you go to? 
I mean, Katie is like your obvious choice, right? Katie is like one of the best like scorers ever. I mean, he's like a top twenty NBA player all time. I mean, he's the only Hall of Famer, right? Kyrie, well, nah, no, Hard is making the Hall of Fame. Kyrie's Hard not. Was like, I think he will, but he probably shouldn't. I'll put it that way. That's fair. The Hall of Fame's like kind of super easy to get into nowadays. So, so like, here's some the thing. Dudes in the Hall of Fame. Is... Does Kyrie play? At, like, does he even come back? Like, are we, in, are we sure this isn't just like one whole conspiracy to have Kyrie insurance with Harden? I, that's absolutely, I think, what it is, right? It is, oh shit, we're worried about Kyrie. And honestly, if you look at the track record of Kyrie, you probably should be. <laughs> like, you know, the dude, Not, I mean, disregarding the whole COVID fiasco right now, but just like injuries and especially in the playoffs or like right around the end of the season, you know, how shitty would it be to have that team as it was, you know, Kyrie gets injured in March and he's not back until May. So now you got a Kevin Durant solo squad with a bunch of really solid role players. But you know, that, that team probably isn't, I think KD could get you through definitely one or two rounds just on his own. But even then, like, on top of that, you lost Spencer Dinwiddie. So, you know, I, I think it is a little bit of insurance policy. And I think if you're Kyrie, it's hard not to see it that way. As like, this is my fucking replacement right here. Which feels good, right? But at the same there, time, you're like... There mind game on this team? I think there is. I think that's the problem is Kyrie is woke as fuck. Not in a, not in a social justice way, but in like a... Yeah, he thinks pretty off the wall a lot. So I'm sure he sees it that way too. Do you think we'll see some like meltdown? You remember like uh like two years ago where there was the uh uh the Golden State Clippers game and then it was the the Draymond like dribbled the ball off like his leg or whatever and like KD's just like pissed off on the side there and they started like yelling at each other. Do you think there will be a moment like that where it's like Harden and Kyrie are about to go at it and KD has to like step in between these two dudes? I, I yeah, absolutely. I can see it. Uh, like hundred uh, percent, no no doubt that. Do you think Steve Nash stays the coach? No, no way. This is like a uh, what the fuck was that guy's name in Cleveland? Blatt. Oh yeah, David Blatt. Yeah. This is a David Blatt year because Mike D'Antoni's an assistant. I think I should be head coach. It's it's definitely like the most intriguing team from a. Uh on the court and off the court. Because, like, on the court, it's, like, you're going to have three dudes who are, like, basically ball-dominant guys. You know, because Kyrie, Kyrie and Harden obviously dribble a shit ton out of the ball. And then Kevin Durant, the whole, like, thing about, like, leaving Golden State was, like, doing it on oh, his own. own team. Yeah. yeah, which is, like, dude, what the hell? Like, do you just not want anybody to like you ever again? Well, and then think about it this way, too, is, uh, you know, you go back That's to – the old school OKC where they had Harden coming off the bench. Like Harden's the only guy on that team that out of those big three that's played as a, you know, non-ball dominant player. And maybe you could say KD has just because of how the Golden State system is. But uh, I think that's probably what I would be most. like a way different version of Harden. I mean, he didn't have a beard at the time. His teeth were crooked. He didn't. I don't know, like, he just seems so, like, unnecessarily, like, pissy. I don't know, like, what he did in Houston really is, like, <laughs> really shitty. Like, I'm kind of actively, like, rooting against the Nets. Like, I would love to see them, like, be, like, a two or a three seed in the East and then get upset by, like, Billy LaMelo Ball and, like, Gordon Hayward in the first round. So, I, I want to I wanna pitch it in a more meta decision uh, but before that, I need to talk about the New York counterparts. What is going on with the Knicks, man? The Knicks are like, Dude. are they going to make the playoffs? <laughs> Could you imagine if Julius Randle and RJ Barrett take this team to the playoffs? I do think like the uh, 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 having Tibbs get, you know, like Tibbs is usually like he he does really well in, like the first two years of wherever he goes, and then it just, like, it burns out the players, right? So I think it's, like, 
you just get a new coach. You just get like a new, it's like it's like a breath of fresh air into the building, right? And then there's no fans, which I think helps a lot of the young Nick players, where there's just like there's no like expectation. Like people have been expecting the Knicks to win a title, and they don't want a title in like 50 years, like since the 70s, right? So I mean, it's kind of weird that the expectations for the Knicks are so high for a team that has been basically terrible for like two like two generations now. That's why I think Katie kind of like fucked up. Because if he had done this exact same thing, but with the Knicks, I feel like then it it's like you just have a little bit more like popular cachet, right? Like if you're the Knicks and you have Katie, uh, Kyrie, and Harden, then it's like, oh, this is fun. Because it's like it's the Knicks. It's like you're just waiting for it to be like it is. It's kind of like the Dallas Cowboys, right? You're like waiting for this whole thing to like blow up. And like just be a complete disaster, but it's like ah man, if it's the Nets, like no fun. I don't know. The Knicks, it's like can they keep it up, right? I mean, they started out pretty well, but like they've dropped like a few games now. Like they're not even like at five hundred anymore. I don't think. That's what I think. And... I think it's a fluke. I think it's a little bit of a oh we're running this kind of set and oh this guy can do this thing now and nobody prepared for it as trash as like they've been right where they've consistently been like a top or bottom three team right right and like now it's like oh now we got the 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 12th pick in the draft it's like okay well that might actually not be like good yeah maybe they're the ninth seed so they aren't uh you know they're only two pieces away instead of four or something like that because it seems like randall could be a a third person in a big three yeah, I just like I that know, Lamar Odom role. I've like never really bought into the whole Julius Randle thing, you know. Like I was just like, I just don't get how this guy would ever play in the NBA. And I mean, I mean, you know, kudos to him. He's been around for like six years now, which is like probably twice as long as I thought he was gonna last. Because <laughs> so I was like, I don't know if you're a three or a four or like, what are you trying to play as, man? But... Absolutely. And so back, back to to rebound back to the Nets. Uh, where I was going to go with this is, you know, okay, so Harden's basically burned the bridge with Houston intentionally to get to the Nets. Uh, it's a big sign of how far the player movement has come in the sway of things compared to the organization or the team or whatever the other players are in that equation. So that leads me to say, to ask, you know, has player empowerment gone too far? And what does it mean for Bradley Beal? <laughs> I mean, it's, this is, this is like actually bad, right? Like what Harden did is like legitimately terrible, right? Like if you think about like player empowerment, right? I mean, like modern player empowerment kind of basically starts with the decision, right? LeBron and go to Miami. But that was like a free agency thing. I mean, I get that he did it like on TV and he like strung it out and he like made a big show of it. But like, he was a free agent. It wasn't like he sabotaged the Cleveland. Like that Cleveland team, even in like 2010, like they got to the second round of playoffs and like, you know, they were probably the favorites in that series against the Celtics. I mean, it just didn't happen. So the fact that we've gone... You know, Anthony Davis basically forced his way out. But at least I can say with Anthony Davis is like, he was playing for the Pelicans, who really didn't give him anything through his first six years, seven years. Right. The best they did was what, Drew Holiday? Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, it's like, I mean, he did, he did like legitimately try for six or seven years there. And Harden, it's it's a little. I feel like this is kind of the worst of like the past ten years in terms of like this. I'm gonna force myself out because like PG, it was like things were clearly about to like tank away in in Indiana. And then the Kawhi situation, it's like all right, the medical. It's like we never really know with like what happened with like Kawhi's quad and like the botched like medical team or whatever. Like I mean, we're never gonna like know that one. But like, there's at least like reasons why you can understand why the player would uh basically you know pull the nuclear button and right. jettison out of the team but like this is like ridiculous like like it, going insane. to a strip club yeah showing up overweight just like refusing to play it's like dude they i mean i get that like uh 
whatever the new Rockets owner is like kind of like he seems like cheap or whatever. So it's like, all right, he's probably not going to do this again where you brought in your buddy like Westbrook. But it's like you had Chris Paul and then you were like, nah, I don't like Chris Paul. Like you had Westbrook and then you're like, I don't want Westbrook. It's like you had Capella. You didn't want Capella. I mean, you could have gotten any coach you wanted to. Like it's not like it's not like it was, uh, uh, you know, if he if he was like fed with D'Antoni and he wanted, I don't know, somebody else, like he could probably get most any other coach. So I think the problem with the the Harden deal versus, you know, Paul George is a great example. I think Anthony Davis is a good example. Is the amount of concessions that that team made to try and keep Harden, and how how it could screw them up more long term, right? So. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking, you know, the revolving door, Chris Paul, Westbrook, John Wall. And you could argue, okay, maybe those net resolve of that trade really isn't that bad, but it kind of is. Like, 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 no joke. Like, I mean, you're losing out, you know, you're losing out on prime years, one, and, and two, like, you know, especially this year where it's been really obvious that he didn't, really give a fuck about covid or being in shape for the season uh, it's like okay you you made me make these trades to try and keep you and you have to think they probably signed he signed off on that personally in some That's fashion what I'm it's, it's yeah there's no way you bring in westbrook without harden giving the okay or you bring in chris paul without the okay or you say do you want to run back dan tony one more time without the okay of harden Right, so so now we've got a problem of sort of having your cake and eating it too, as as the players. So, you know, I'm surprised. Uh, you know, players like you know, think like Giannis or uh, Kyrie or Steph. Uh, you know, these other top 10 kind of players haven't had that same issue. And it's almost weird to me because when you look at someone like Kyrie, who, I mean, plays the same position as Harden, let's not lie, all of his breakups have been kind of mutual. Whereas it feels yeah, like the, the hard like one... Yeah, trying to get rid of them. Yeah. yeah, it's like the hard one, it's like, okay, you just straight up... N- press the press the nuclear button like we kind of have to get rid of you even if we don't want to and i think it would have been a pretty good stance for just in terms of reining in how much sway players have and like this sort of because especially when you see a guy like paul george or Kawhi that just emotionally floundered you know i think i feel like you kind of have to rein them in and say no you signed up for here like this wasn't in our deal like you need to play games, sort of thing. Yeah, I just, I mean, part of it's also in Houston, right? Houston fucked this up. They could have gotten Ben Simmons in a deal. That's also really true. Like, how much better does that deal look if Ben Simmons is moving around? Yeah, like part of it's like, damn it, like Houston, like like general manager, what are you doing? And you'd have Why to on think, earth did you not get more value for Harden? Like, you remember those early Harden teams where it was like Harden. And they were always trying to pair him with a big man. And it was like Dwight Howard, someone Dwight, else. Yeah. And like, so now let's say Harden's on Philly, right? Like, you know, he's Harden with Embiid. And now you've got the same sort of, you know, outcrop of three-point shooters. You know, the Seth Curry, you know, Thibel being your like smaller PJ Tucker in a sense. Yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. And now you've got, you know, that same kind of formula. But you got Doc Rivers, you got the Philly setting you know is different than than all the sort of houston drama where okay harden might be like a franchise face but the sort of the blood and soul is Embiid. whereas previously it was always sort of hardens everything you know this is our guy like we need to bend over backwards for him at all points and when those kinds of rumors started coming out it was like oh no wonder why there was a revolving door no wonder why like morale seems kind of weird over there like no wonder why everyone's sort of content just sitting on the three-point line it it kind of gets to the point of like does harden want to win a championship or does he just want to kind of hang out with katie or or just have stats 
Yeah, I mean, well, if he wanted stats, he would stay with Houston, right? I don't like, know. Clearly, he's he's. I I think he's like he's understood that like he does want to win, but I think it's like at some point, you know, we've seen this with like every like a uh, grouping of like a uh, like superstars coming together. There's always like one of them that is basically left out, right? Like one of them really has to like throw away their 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 points per game like their re- like whatever it is right so like chris bosh miami or uh clay when uh, katie went to golden state it's like there's always one out of the three that has to like basically become like a like the best possible version of a role player but right. it's like would harden do that just to win seems because like no he's been awful in elimination games Whereas Very at true. least I can say, KD, you would trust with like four minutes to go, you're down by four. You believe in KD. Kyrie is at least like proven it by like hitting the three over Steph in a game seven at Golden State. You know, he's he's had his moments. But like Harden's never really had a like a time when he came through, right? Yeah, Harden's <laughs> moments have been uh, lowlights. You know, you think Manu's block over him, you know, Portland beating them in 2013. Dude, hell, Lou Dort almost, like, destroyed them first round last year. Right. So, I mean... Uh, Corey's, you know, the, the, the Corey Brewer and uh, Josh Smith debacle. Yeah, he was on the bench for that bench. whole thing. <laughs> like, he's got some pretty bad playoff lowlights. Even the 2012 finals, where he was like the sixth man, it was like he was he was not good in that series. Like I, mean, I would I would actually say Westbrook was way better than Harden in that series. I I think that might be a little too much of a stretch for me, but all those other ones, yeah, I can agree with you on uh, for sure. So that's so why I don't know I, if he's just gotten to this point where he just wants to win. You know what I mean? Like, has he is his spirit so broken that he's like Carl Malone or like Gary Payton or like. Right, you know, one of these uh, ring chasers. Like, yeah, and that's the funny thing is, he's almost too valuable to be, you know, the David West signing with Golden State or, or you know, these these ring chasers we've had the past handful of years. Because they gave up so much to freaking get him, like he can't just be a ring chaser. It's it's weird that this really does seem. Like by signing Harden, it's it's almost like they're telegraphing the fact that Kyrie's not going to be on this team in a month or a year. You know, it could be they drop him in a year, just like the Celtics did. You know, because I I don't I don't understand why the Nets would be so eager to get him so early, like this early in the season, right? We're only like twelve games in. That's that's doubly true, right? Like you haven't even really had a chance to ride it out yet. Because you got to think, too, we've had no training camps or real practice sessions for this, especially Harden, to get in shape and to figure out your teammates and figure out your sets and everything. Like, people are figuring this shit out on the fly, like, during games. And, like, COVID, right? Like, like Philly was, like, wrecked this past week because of, like, all the COVID, like, protocols and stuff where it's, like, uh, you know, like, a assistant got in, and it's like, okay, well, then all these, like, uh, South Curry got in, and then it's like, okay, well, then all these guys need to, like, not play, and then it's like, all of a sudden, like, Philly has, like, six guys to go play a game. It's like, it's like, it legitimately wrecked, like, Philly for, like, a week, so it's like, you know, the season is, is, is still pretty much in flux, right? I mean, we began the season with, like, the Hawks being, like, the top of the leaderboard after like a week, right? Like the Hawks and the Knicks and the Cavs were like some of the best teams in the East after like a week. So what do you think this does with like Harden's legacy though? Because He's, he might go down as being like one of the like most unpopular amazing players ever. It kind of feels like a little bit of Carmelo effect to me where Except with, like, Carmelo, you know, after his Knicks years expired, he wasn't really able to be, you know, let's be honest, his OKC stint, his Rockets stint. It was bad, yeah. You know, he was very much, you know, a bench player. Not in a bad way, but kind of in a... Not just a bench player, but he was, like, legitimately bad. Like, he was actually bad at OKC. Yeah, so so, so let's say his Knicks stint went on for, like, three years too long, okay? So maybe Harden figured that out, and he's like... Okay, well, if I'm going to be a ring chaser, you know, 
and have like real meaningful contribution to that ring that I want mm-hmm. so bad. You know, maybe I should just jump ship now rather than wait it out with John Wall for a year and a half and see what comes on next. And then, oh, we're going to pay you more money and get stuck in that Carmelo loop. So it feels like to me, you know, it's very similar to Carmelo. You know, he chose the money. He chose like the scoring title kind of thing. Like he chose a lot of the personal. He thought he could do both. Yeah. Yeah, he thought he could do both. And and that clearly didn't pan out for different reasons than Carmelo in New York. Uh, however, I think he's trying to right the ship a little bit. I think that's really what the foundation of this trade is. Like you said, it's it's that quest for a ring. And it's funny to me how... But it's like, does this even... Does this even... Gar- like, no, it doesn't. Like, exactly, right? Like, I don't even think they're a top three team. With Harden. You'd think they would be, but it's still a lot of things up in the air. I just I just can't trust it. It's like I just can't trust it until I see it. And here's the weird part is... Like, I need to see two solid months of, like, wow, this team is, like, very good. Like, there's a like there's just a lot of stuff going for them. I think that's I, why... I, just, I, I can't visualize it. I think that's why, and this is kind of where I was going, is, you know, KD joined the Warriors, right? Not only after they won, but after they had the crazy year with 73 and whatever. But we haven't had a chance to see the Nets uh, with KD and Kyrie prove that they are really a contender. And, like, everybody knows it, but, like, playoffs haven't happened. Like, they don't have a win-loss record that to write about. So, like, Harden jumping over there doesn't seem so much of a uh, big three you know, bandwagon effect because just because the season hasn't played out that long yet. It just, it doesn't seem like, I guess like, uh, like when Miami formed the big three, it felt like a plan. It felt like, Oh, this is like the goal. This is the purpose. And this trade feels so reactionary. It feels like it's a, like a crisis trade, like an emergency trade, like a, you know, we need to break the glass and like pull the fire alarm. We need to like get this done type of trade as opposed to right. Not so oh, we're going we're gonna to sway KD to come to the Warriors. Like it's all part of the plan. It's it's you know, it's uh, it's not an orchestrated uh, effort between all the groups. It's it, you're right. It feels like, OK, maybe the KD and Kyrie part was, but it feels like the Harden part was like, hey, do you guys want to get on this, too? And they're like, sure, why not? And then it just kind of worked in. Uh, you know, I think, you know, even a while back when people were talking about this, it was kind of always the Nets that had the favorite compared to Philly, really being the only other contender for Harden. Mm. So I'm really not shocked. Everybody thought it would be a matter of time, but it still was kind of really quick. You know, Harden had those crazy interviews, and then, like, less than 12 hours later, he's on a fucking plane in New York. Like, Yeah, and I mean, I get it. If, like, you're Houston, right? It's like, the longer you wait, the lower his value might be. Just because he's basically intentionally tanking. <laughs> so it's like his value might be dropping like day by day. So you just want to like unload the asset as quick as possible. And yeah. I don't know. I don't, I, it's, it still feels like, why would you not just want Ben? Like it feels, it feels like they really are trying to bottom out. And, and who knows, man? Like maybe we find out like in like, a month that like the Houston owner is like a racist or something like, I don't know, something like crazy, right? He's like Donald Sterling 2.0 and like Houston. And it's like, Oh, okay. Well, this is why Harden was doing all this like crazy shit. And it's like, all right, sympathy is like back on his side a little bit. But right now this is like legit kind of the, the worst, like I'm a player just trying to bust out of this team. At least in the, in the, like the modern player empowerment era. (laughs) This is by far like the worst example, the most egregious. Absolutely. It's definitely the worst. And I hope that just as a lead. Which is weird because he's joining a dude who did, who was probably like the second most unpopular guy, KD, who did this whole move to get to Golden State, got absolutely trashed, and it's he still doesn't seem like he's over it. Like, Yeah, KD still wants to silence the haters, but the thing is, is I don't think people really care you. anymore. No, I think people care. I just think it's to the point where it's like you're not going to beat the internet. Like the internet's like undefeated, right? It's like stop trying to take on the internet, Katie. Like just just focus on like what you want to do, but like 
don't try to find happiness in the internet. Like that's the stupidest like thing to do. <laughs> that's some fucking life lessons here from Michael right here. <laughs> the internet's undefeated. Get that on a t-shirt, boys. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, is is yeah. Any other sort of uh, hot takes about this Nets team? Because I'm personally seeing, you know, Kyrie potentially leaving pretty soon once Harden figures it out over there. I like personally, I would trade those two for each other. Any, any, what like percentage would you think that they ever bring Westbrook in and ship Kyrie out just to reform the group? Like 0.1%? I'll give you a solid 1%. (laughs) Like uh, that Uh, trade would work out really well for the Nets, wouldn't it? Because Westbrook looks terrible. (laughs) Like, okay, you trade you trade fucking Kyrie over to Washington. You get, like, Westbrook plus, like, three players back? That fills out your bench, right? <laughs> Westbrook is now the sixth man on that team. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> um, if they fire Steve Nash, do they make Dan Tony the coach, or do you think they have, like, another dude? You mean, like, the Jason Kidd era? Like, they bring him as the coach? I don't know. Like, it just feels weird, right? Like, if this if this goes south, like, quickly, like... Uh, you know, we're basically midway through January. Let's say by beginning of March, so like in five, six weeks. They go 500. The Nets are like, yeah, the Nets are basically like 500. I mean, what happens? You, right? They have to do something, right? I mean, because, you know, you, you think about like March, then April, then May, and then you're in the playoffs. So you can't be like a four seed in the East going to the playoffs. Because like, in general, the East is still weaker than the West. So being a four seed in the East is like actually bad. I mean, let's let's put it this way. Before before we get that far, right now, you know, post Harden trade, you know, what's your top four in the East look like? Uh, so I was very bullish on the Celtics this year. I was like very convinced that uh, the Celtics were going to be very good. I thought Philly was going to be really good with Doc Rivers and Maury and like bringing in stuff. Basically, they just ran back like that 2018 team where they had like JJ and Bellinelli. And now it's like, instead of like JJ, you got South Carolina. Instead of Bellinelli, you got Danny Green. You, sh- you get rid of like Horford and like Tobias Harris is basically a better version of Sarge. So it's like, okay, you're kind of like getting back to like what you had in 2018, except now you have a better coach and a better GM. So I was like, all right, I, I believe in Philly. Uh, and then the Bucks, I just, I can't bet against Giannis in the regular season. Like he'll figure it out. He's like 26 and he's like the MVP. I mean, like two-time MVP. It's like, dude, he'll, he'll be good. So it's like, okay, those three teams are basically locks. And then I thought the Nets were going to be like fourth. And then I think I had Pacers five, Miami six, Washington seven, which was like complete, like what the fuck was I thinking actually? And then I think at eight, I had Charlotte because I believed in Gordon Hayward having a really good year. So like, I guess really my questions for the East is Miami and Toronto. Uh, I thought Toronto was going to be trash. Just because I thought I thought the goodwill of like what they had after the championship run and like no Kawhi and then what I saw in, from Siakam in that Boston series last last year I was like oh dude this team is gonna be bad and then Gasol leaves and then Ibaka leaves I'm like oh dude it's it's definitely like let's get the tank on wait for Kyle Lowry to like go somewhere it's it's so 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 if you had to go like one to four right now who would you say? In the East or like overall? In the East. Uh, I would say Boston one, Milwaukee two, Brooklyn three, Philly four. That's about what I'm thinking. And I don't, I mean, once the playoffs start in, I think it's really a pretty even playing field, you know, throwing Miami in there as an asterisk. Uh, I mean, the big thing is Kevin Durant, right? Like Kevin Durant is by far the best player in the conference. I, so yeah. if it's like Boston against Brooklyn, it's like Kitty could probably just beat the, like figure it out by himself and like torture like Tatum and Brown. And then same thing if he plays against like Giannis, it's like I right, like they could probably figure out a way to like they can at Giannis. least cancel each other out. Exactly, right? And then same thing with like Philly. It's like I right, they could probably figure out a way of like you let Embiid go off, you shut everybody else down and Katie then they can't like who do you like if you're Philly, who do you throw at KD, if Ben Simmons is like not healthy or like when he's not like in the game, like Ben Simmons is like 
obviously like who you would love to have is like the defensive guy on Katie. Same height is like athletic, pretty good defender. Everything like yeah, like an amazing like dude. He's like all NBA defense. Like Philly is like the one that seems like the most dangerous to me of like uh, wrecking like Brooklyn. Whereas what I like in Boston is just like the synergy is like. Yeah, I almost think backwards because I think Philly's biggest weakness is at the uh, guard spot. Defensively. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, but I just think like it's it's Katie's got to be the guy you stop, right? It's kind of like uh, in the West, right? It's like you have to build your team to stop like LeBron and AD. So it's like Denver, it's like, what do they do against LeBron? Like, I don't know. They don't have a small forward. Same thing like Portland has the same problem. And then like the Clippers have uh, Kawhi and PG to like stop LeBron, but they don't have a big guy to stop AD. Whereas I think Philly can kind of have a guy to throw at KD. So let me let me put you this way. So you said Nets are three right now, basically. Yeah. So before the trade, how how was that different? I think it's probably the same. Okay. I don't think this Harden thing is like an, enough of a difference maker to be for me to be like. They could, I mean, they could easily be the number one seed and win the East. Like, it would not surprise me if Brooklyn wins against Boston, Milwaukee, or Philly. I just think right now, if, like, if I was a fan, if I wanted to be, like, a fan of one of these four teams, it's like, dude, I would much rather be, like, a Milwaukee fan than, like, a Brooklyn fan, where it's, like, there's no drama in Milwaukee. Everybody knows it goes through Giannis. Like, Giannis, I think, is going to be motivated to, like, not shit the bed this year. Mm. Like, it's very, like you understand what the goals are. Like, their goals are to win the championship. With Brooklyn, it's like, to win the championship, yes. But also, like, Harden wants to get 25. And, like, KD wants to be, like, finals MVP, right? Like, it's like if, like, does Brooklyn want, would KD be okay if they win the championship and Harden's the MVP, like, finals MVP? That'd be weird, right? Ooh. Feel spicy. But I could see Whereas it, you just don't have that question. Like you just don't have that question with Boston or Milwaukee. You're, you're right. That is that's a pretty big unknown. Hmm. And I'm only saying that just because, like, of what happened with Katie and Golden State, where it was like he won Finals MVP, and people still like Steph more. Like it, like it just not at him for like three years. So let me put you this way. So the Nets, you know, they just did the Harden trade. Do you think there's another trade already in the works that's going to come down? Or do you think that they're going to ride it out the rest of the year? I don't know. But this is such a weird question mark on this Cole Kyrie thing. Like, if he just sits out the entire year, why would you want that if you're Brooklyn? Like, why would you not just trade him? If he gives you, like, an indication that he's not going to play at all this year, um, but he like doesn't say it publicly. Like he just tells like the Nets organization. Then as the Nets, why would you not try to like flip that to like at least have some like bench? True. Very true. Right. I think that there it's is a big guy, right? Because like, are you really gonna play DeAndre Jordan like thirty six minutes in the playoffs? Right. That sounds pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, Embiid and Giannis are like two actual problems they're gonna have. At some point. Yes. And I think they have the small ball thing basically figured out, right? Like, you can play when they look... Can you play uh, Katie at the five, like, against Giannis? Like, what? No, I mean, like, for, the for the, like, the Miamis and the... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Boston. Like, like the teams that are actually small. Right, all right. Like, like, small ball, like, only. You could have Durant versus Tristan Thompson and... Yeah. Pretty much without right. Yeah. So, I guess that's really their big hole now, right, is... Uh, big man defense. Yeah, but the thing is, they had that with Jared Allen. That's why I'm like... Right? It's like you almost would have rather shipped out DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, but they weren't going to do that because of the whole KD thing. Right. So, so really, it's up to KD at this point, right? Like, he's that's really the like, one pulling the that's strings. That's why I kind of wonder if, like, KD's, like, a little too... Like, there's a little too much nepotism to the point that actually fundamentally, like... Hurts the basketball team. Like, Ooh. think about like LeBron, right? Like, LeBron loves Carmelo, but he he didn't take Carmelo. <laughs> like, when Carmelo was easily available to join the Lakers, and he still like declined to have Carmelo on that team. 
I don't know. You remember that 2018 Cavaliers? I mean, they got Dwayne Wade and Derrick Rose on that team, and that didn't work out at all. Yeah, but then they got rid of like like they got rid of uh, Wade like really quickly. So you learned his like, mistake already. That's what I'm saying. Like LeBron is like, all right, dude. Like I get that. Like you're you're like my best friend, but it's like, dude, you're not helping this team, so you gotta go. I don't know if KD would do that with his his guys and be because like, he's a cupcake. dude, you're not helping this team. Yeah, like he's. He, I mean, he really is. Like, I don't get it, man. Like the way he thinks is just. I don't think it's it's almost like a, if Katie ever tried to become like a coach or like a GM, I feel like he'd be just an absolute. I feel like he'd be like Isaiah Thomas when he was at the Knicks, like two point oh. Ooh. I think it'd be a disaster. Like I, I feel like LeBron's like decently good at being like a GM. Right. I don't think Katie is, mm. and I think maybe having too many of like his buddies might end up like. Like, it's all good if you're winning, but, like, when you start stop winning, it's, like, is he really going to, like, hold Kyrie and Harden accountable? Very good point. And be, like, you guys need to step up. You guys need to, like, you guys are, like, blowing this right now. Like, is he, like, Harden has been awful in elimination games for the past, like, five years, right? Like, six years. Is he going to go up to Harden and be, like, dude, you need to get your shit together in this game six. Like, we are down 3-2. Like, you need to fucking... Like get get it together. And with that, folks, a little advice for for the Nets and Kevin Durant, produced <laughs> to you by Michael Patel. He will be your consultant for the next uh, season. You just uh, pay him a measly, you know, veterans minimum. It won't be too big of a deal. We'd like to give another special shout out, of course, to our sponsor, E and J Brandy, the Grand Blue Edition. Whoops. And we will catch you guys next time for some more exciting, crazy, crazy 2021 NBA season.